Okay, so I am Stephanie from Jawbreaker here with Will, Taylor, Jared, and Dane from Exposure World. Hi, guys. What up? What's up, Stephanie? How are you? So thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me today. I'm so excited because I, so I first heard of you guys, I want to say about a year ago. Is that when these events first started? Dane, do you want to talk about the first few events? Yeah, well, we uh, we actually started in a uh, non-traditional uh, venue. Um, it was right post-COVID when everything had opened up, and uh, but venues still hadn't opened up just because you know city permits. Um, they had the cities hadn't figured out everything yet and didn't kind of understand. So we started, you know, renting out you know small warehouses that were holding like. 600 people jumped we just jumped into a head first started finding you know uh you know taylor was finding you know Swaco. we were finding you know girlfriends some of these artists that have like you know really started to take off and we just kind of just jumped on the ground running and finding some venues we were going and finding it's like it was like trying to reach out to these production companies that had, you know, usually doing big shows, but they didn't have anything else. And we were like importing all of our production rather than, you know, what we kind of have done for lately is just go to a venue has everything all set up. Um, so kind of cool, but it started way before that. I mean, I'll let Taylor kind of take that over, but that was kind of like when we put ourselves on the map on like, Hey, do we want to start doing social media or do events? And, you know, we were just like, let's start with events. People really want to, you know, come back and be with each other again. This all pretty much started with, um, it, it was, it largely started with Taylor's ideas. And then we all kind of met each other through different ways. Dane and I met Taylor up at uh, college, actually. Um, so that's kind of where we first got together and had that initial friendship. And then that molded into uh taylor myself and will um we're, we're in a band now but taylor and i started doing music and then dane was already in the events business um throwing lots of parties and events up in the same area where we went to school so it all kind of ended up meshing together um i i myself i'm from california so i just i moved back here taylor decided to move out to la uh dane moved out to irvine so we're all super close and will um is our most recent addition to Exposure World. And I'll kind of let Will talk about himself a little bit, but he's been a huge help. He has like a major uh, graphic design background and also works for um, another company already in that same space. So we're kind of just in the process of getting our team assembled. Yeah, basically like uh, Jared and I started working on music together back in like 2018, 2017. And there was like a really cool scene going on. There's like the whole SoundCloud scene, which had like a lot of cool artists, like the Lil Peep, and you know, you had like Lil Uzi Vert and all these like Suicide Boys. And it was a cool blend of genres, whereas like Lil Peep took from like punk rock and like emo. Um, you had Ghostman, it was like you know heavy metal and new metal. And there's just a it was a cool like movement. And um, I've always been fascinated by trends and movements in music. I like. I study that stuff. Like I watched documentaries for days and uh, I just was like, yeah, like I'd love to make a platform where people can really find these artists 
And uh, I would love to like, you know, eventually throw shows and kind of what MTV had done back in the day, because MTV is like just they, they don't do what they used to do in the 90s and the 2000s. Um, and so, you know, Jared and I, we'd been doing our old project and uh, we were just so tapped in with that scene. And then uh, I, I knew Dane also in college and he was throwing big parties. So when we all moved to L.A., we kind of just came together and we're like, hey, let's just do this. And so moved to L.A. from where? Where'd you guys go to school? We were in Salt Lake City, Utah. I love Utah a lot. And the only thing is just it was lacking a music scene at the totally. time. Um, and uh, you know, Jared and I, we were just like, we're not going nowhere with, with the music here. Or anything that we were even talking about, like be it the artist that we loved at the time. And uh, no one really cared about like any of the rock culture either. Like pop punk wasn't relevant. Neither was like new metal or anything in uh, at that time in Utah, especially. So it kind of died off everywhere. I feel like except for well, LA, where it will just always remain alive, just because it's such a part of the history here, as you guys know. But yeah. the only other place I feel like I lived in the Pacific Northwest for a little bit. This is like a decade ago, but a little bit for college as well. And there's such a heavy metal scene there. So I felt yeah. like I got that little bit of life, but then anywhere else I lived, I'm from Arizona and I bounced back down to Arizona and I was, there's just like nothing. I swear, like everywhere, like to this day, whoever in Arizona controls the music, like 20 years of music have come out since you stopped adding shit to your playlist. Like you will yeah. go anywhere and it's the early 2000s and I'm like, right, not that this isn't a banger, but like there is so much more music. Fuck you guys. Yeah, no, that was a <laughs> That SoundCloud era, it was so cool. Like, and these guys look so cool. They're bigger than life, like personalities, and uh, it really was reminiscent, like, of like the rock stars in like the '80s and the '90s and the 2000s. And um, yeah, like I, I created the brand Exposure World based off of Wayne's World. I was like, Love oh, World, that's funny. And then Exposure with an X, like, I just thought it looked cool. I don't really know. So how it looks I hardcore. It just to be edgy, you know. Just gotta have the X there to be edgy. Yes. To be fair, you had exposure before Elon had X, so maybe you yeah, started exactly. the trend. That's right. Yeah, now we now we just have to challenge Mark Zuckerberg to a Roman uh, cage match or something. <laughs> Wait, so tell us about that. So anyone listening, if you go back through season one, I interviewed, I think actually everyone who lives at the Hyperpunk Estate. I've interviewed Mike, who's authors, uh, mm -hmm. no Q name. Bentley, who's Pixel Terror, and then just some other people who are kind of in and out of that camp a little bit, like we talked about Grant Kemp, and just kind of yeah. like, you know, these worlds all blend together. So this will come out after the event has happened, but cool. tell us about what you're preparing for tomorrow at the Hyperpunk Estate here in LA, for those who don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, so what, we, what we've got right now is, um, I don't know if we wanted to announce um, any previous plans we had, but this was sort of a move for uh, the end of the summer, and we wanted just to invite everybody out, have a good time. Um, I think one thing Taylor could also speak to is uh, the scene that we're wanting to cultivate sort of within this area, and then what that scene will eventually do for not just Exposure World, but for all the artists and everybody within our scene. Um, but the, really the goal tomorrow is to, um, just get people to network, just come hang out, have fun. Um, 
you know, kind of connect the dots. And like I said previously, you know, just um, wanting to cultivate a, a place, an atmosphere uh, where artists and musicians in L.A. can, you know, come and, you know, uh, just kind of network and, and, and grow together and um, be exposed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, is there like a show happening tomorrow too, or is it more strictly like we're just networking? Because I know they kind of do like there's events of those. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's like a little performance. So it's not going to be like our other events where we have like five to eight bands and we're running like two stages at the Bourbon Room. We do okay. still do those, but this summer party, it's you know it's more of a pool party vibe. So we have uh, Mason Musso coming out, uh, formerly of Metro Station. Um, he has a new music project out called uh, Social Order, and um, he's really been trying to promote that. And we we love it. You know, it's it's great yeah. music. So he's yeah. always trying to do like acoustic sets, and he does stuff with emo night all the time. So he's going to be a perfect vibe for the pool party. And then who else we got? We got Isaac Presley and who else? Taylor, uh, Ben Lapine, yeah. who was on uh, America's Got Talent. That's right. Called the Parmesan Cheese Song. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that rings a bell. Actually, I was like, "Why do I know that name?" It, it was super viral, and like, <laughs> it, it was the most punk rock thing I've ever seen on that show. And I was like, "I got to meet this guy," and I met him randomly at a party, and I freaked out. Like, I I like usually never fanboy over people, but I was like, "Bro, I'm a huge fan." I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> <laughs> it was just so lit. So something also to say, kind of you know, Will and Jerry were saying is. The other reason for this show tomorrow is, you know, our first four shows were very hardcore, you know, we're, we open the pit, you know, like we're, we're making sure yeah. it's a really good time. People are safe, right? Like we're, we're going super hard. And something that we are taking with this next event is just because it's all acoustic, we want, we want like these three are very talented artists. Um, and they understand, they understand music very well. And I think that's something with exposure world that we're really trying to put out there is that there are talented people out there that aren't known. And there's some talented people that are, are known. And at this point in our business, we have to put out people that are already really well known just to, just for marketing purposes. Of course. But as a long-term goal, we really want to find people that we can put on as a platform that we actually believe in because a lot of these, uh, a lot of labels these days, and I'll let Taylor jump in more into this eventually, but I'm, I'm going to focus on this event and why we're doing this event. But we really do want to put people out there that are really talented. Isaac Presley, he already has a big yeah. Disney following, but he's a very talented artist that hasn't really fully gone full-fledged artist yet but he's very talented and he understands the scene so it's putting people out there and acoustic is a perfect way to do that because yep. there's not a lot of backtracks right like there's we're ah. Ah. i was gonna say the raw talent yeah that's where it really makes or breaks someone yeah. yep yep raw dog like, in the vocals have you guys seen <laughs> nate vickers like on instagram like he does like the specifically acoustic covers usually of like lincoln park and stuff and he's so good Chris Camerata, who's the drummer in Dashboard Confessional, he has his own separate emo event called Emo Social down in like Orlando. And once every two months, Emo Night LA goes out and pairs up with him. So he's kind of doing something similar to you guys where like he does the DJ sets, but he's still trying to find his own live acts. 
And yep. I posted something about Nate Vickers and then he saw it and was like, holy shit, this guy's cool. And he got him on at a show doing, doing a acoustic like that. And one of the emo socials I went to in Orlando last year, they had um, so much what you guys are doing too. It was Ronnie Winter from Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, but he cool. did a solo acoustic set. And I was like, there needs to be more of this, especially for pop punk and emo, because yes, we love that it's like thrashing and upbeat, but if you slow it down, it's really sad underneath it. Like it's emo. Like, I think that's a great idea. Like the pool vibes, the acoustic set, like showcase a little bit of talent and you never know who walks through those hyper punk estate. I mean, I know like, and they've come to your guys' shows too, but like Rook and Mod Sun are like kind of friends with the guys and will show up sometimes. Like you just, I'm surprised half the time I'm there, not even necessarily celebrities, but like people actually in the industry, like someone who could discover one of your artists, like, like you want. Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. And ba basically like what was Dan Dane was saying is uh, the whole fixation on the, this event that we have on Saturday is to do that because, you know, our shows, we try to like at least get like one or two really big artists and then the rest are mostly like local up and coming acts. And so with this time around, I just, uh, I had this idea because of, um, do you know, have you ever heard of MTV Headbangers Ball? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, old school. <laughs> love, I love that show. Ricky Rockman's like one of my like idols when it comes to hosting. And um, they used to do these uh, barbecues at his house in like the early 90s. And I was like, we should just do that. I mean, you know, the hyperpunk estates just amazing. It's breathtaking. And oh, yeah. They throw parties in, in college. That's like our thing. And then we got into this whole like LA scene because we would throw parties for influencers. We were so we threw some of the first TikTok parties ever, huh, Dan? Yes. And uh, we got into the scene by throwing parties and connecting people. And uh, we're like, you know, we need to, with Exposure World, I don't want it to just be a one-dimensional brand. And these guys, we all agree on it. Like, it's like, you know, we want concerts. We want interviews. We want, like, parties where people can meet each other. We want, like, you know, everything in between that MTV brought to the table and Warp Tour and all these other cool brands that we grew up with that are so absent right now. There's nothing happening like that right now. So we're like, well, I guess we got to step in and, and kind of take the, the realm. So bring back Total Request Live. I know TRL. That's yeah. Carson Daly's another guy that influences me. <laughs> I love Carson Daly. Yeah. We need another Carson Daly. We need something like that out there. Yeah. I, I was watching a, a video the other day as Goo Goo Dolls playing Slide Live. They're on, mm. a, they're on a boat and Carson Daly's like, hey, what's up? We're here with Britney Spears and Britney Spears is right there. And they're like, we got Goo Goo Dolls live. How do you feel about this? She's like, oh, I'm so excited. And then like they're on a yacht or something. And Goo Goo Dolls is playing. I'm like, how cool is that? Like, but that's oh, just your day. That's your work. Yeah, like, it's just like, you know, all the time on MTV. And it's just like, come on. Like, what happened? Where yeah, did now, you... now we just got to get a yacht, you know? That's <laughs> the next step. Wait, what'd you At think least you have... I was just saying our next step is to get a yacht, for sure. That's like, <laughs> there's no step before that. It's just get, get the yacht and start there, right? Yeah, literally just <laughs> yacht. That's your next sure. business expense. Pick up, pick up emo kids and punk rock kids and go just, just rock out all, all night long, all day long. So what is this, Pinocchio? It, that's, it sounds like Pinocchio. You know who does that? You guys know Matt Cutshaw, Emo's Not Dead, yeah. the brand? 
Uh-oh. He does. He did that cruise last year. The emo's not literally a cruise and got like under oath and dashboard and shit like to play on a cruise ship with a bunch of emo kids. And I was like, it's, it's a, such a random thing, but I love that it happened. And I think he's doing another one next year. Yeah, he, he had newfound glory and a bunch. He had a dashboard too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that looks so cool. I wanted to go, but yeah, I was like too weird. We were throwing our other event during that. Actually. Wait, so aside from the hyperpunk one, do you guys, are you kicking off like an official season then with your other bourbon room one? Is it bourbon room at the end of the month or can you say? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bourbon room. And do you typically have like, is there kind of like a cadence to it? Like if someone doesn't live in LA and wants to come to one of these, are they kind of once a month or are they just whenever you guys find artists and kind of get the space? Well, I can't answer that question for you. Um, So I usually, I usually handle a lot of the, artists travel and deal with like booking their flights and everything and it's lucky it's you crazy. yeah it, it really just it really depends like if we have a band like i think the last band we had that we flew out was um we flew out titus and his group and then we also flew out uh belmont um, you've heard of belmont right yeah yeah titus is a great guy too yeah yeah titus is a great guy we love titus he's he's a good friend of ours um but yeah f- we flew those guys out and it, it really just depends on you know, when we're able to secure that relationship with the artist and kind of sure. get their availability because Belmont, they're definitely a band that plays shows still. So they're not just like available whenever. So they're not just sitting around waiting call. for your call. <laughs> right, right. And then like, when can we realistically get flights in? And, yeah. you know, there's, there's that correlation too. So I don't know, like as far as the cadence goes, we try to have something every two to three months. And we feel like that's pretty reasonable gives us time to get the right artists and then people aren't also just like burning out every few weeks or every month so it makes them a little bit more meaningful and how do you guys find the artists or do they find you or is it kind of a mix of both now that you're getting bigger it's a mixture of both uh we definitely we're friends with almost all the artists that we do end up putting on um because you know the the scene out here is just so tight-knit and everyone it is um so yeah we we ventured off a couple times to grab a couple people that we've listened to like belmont we didn't know belmont we just i had met jared and i and will we played a festival we actually played as titus's band in texas last oh very cool at a so what fest yeah that was fun it was so much fun uh and we met um the guitarist of belmont it was a jason Jason, shout out Jason, so fire on guitar. Um, and uh, we just met him, and then uh, we needed a, a co-headliner for the show in January, and uh, we're like, why not Belmont? And uh, we called him up and figured it all out. Yeah, super great guys, honestly. Super. Like we were, we were expecting like for it to be this whole back and forth with their manager like oh i don't know if they're available if the price is right blah 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 but they were right very cool um singer taz great guy drummer brian um very nice very nice guys honestly jason's cool like we talked about and even their their uh their bassist is is dope too so like every single guy in that band we just we have a great relationship with them now and we would love to have them back one day too you know so their new album is so good. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, oh, goodness. 
Yeah, and they and they were one of the bands like Dane was talking about earlier, where definitely the the pit was was going with them. <laughs> Their music is very pit friendly. So wild. Yeah, I think that's one of the best parts of the scene out here in general. I really just everywhere that I've gone, like us pop punk emo kids, we're really just nostalgic for what we grew up with, and we miss the fact that it like died when we became adults, and now we're like kind of i hate the term middle age but come on most of us are like approaching 30 or in our 30s so it's like it made this amazing resurgence and we're trying to like each one of us capture it in our own way right like i love what you guys are doing i love what the hyperpunk estate is doing i love what matt cutchell is doing or emo social or emo night and then even for me like a part of this was i i'm piecing together a book proposal i'm going to start pitching to agents next week oh to write about the history of warp tour and emo and pop punk like that oh. doesn't exist and so i was like well part of it would be networking and interviewing with these people and i was lucky enough to like kind of catch some of the bigger ones as the resurgence happened like i i got to talk to the bassist josh portman and yellow card he was a sweetheart and it was oh, like love yellow card that's amazing awesome. like i just saw them and he's still like he's so sweet he always messages me back he's like whoever you want a connection to like for your book I talked to Spencer Chamberlain of Under Oath, the guys in Dashboard, but like even these bigger guys we grew up with, they're exactly like we are. They're they're approachable, they're sweet, and they're like, yeah, anything to keep this alive. Like, let's go. Let's keep it rolling. That's why we love Mason Musso so much. We uh, I met Mason Musso from Metro Station at a emo night. Uh, we sang um, "Taking Back Sunday," cute without the e on stage together and he was like oh you have a great voice and i was like cool man and uh basically i just was like yo i couldn't believe i had met him i was like this is crazy and um we tapped in and he reached out to us to play at emo night brooklyn and uh he always reaches out to us and reaches out to like our other friends and puts everyone he can on at all times and he gets it. He's just like, yeah, man, there's so many cool new, you know, artists coming out, like trying to, you know, trying to put people on. And I was like, I respect that. I, I love that there's a lot of artists, like even Pierre from Simple Plan, uh, working with my buddy Chad Tepper. I got to be in that music video and I got, I got to see, we all hung out afterwards and Pierre literally busted out, what's the Scooby Doo? Like on guitar. <laughs> <laughs> And um, Simple Plan yeah. was like the anthem to my childhood, <laughs> my yeah, middle school years. It was so cool. I was just like, uh, there's a lot of cool artists from like the past that get it too. Cause I feel like, you know, even they were kind of buried for a while. Cause it was yeah. really dark, like dark age of just no yeah. rock. Rock was not cool whatsoever. Weird, so weird. That's that's actually what. Um, speaking of yellow card, when you mentioned Josh Portman, the the singer Ryan Key, he just mm -hmm. um, did an interview and he said the same thing. He's like, that's like one of the reasons why you know yellow card ended up disbanding is like they went from playing these other shows where there's maybe a couple hundred people at the end of their run, besides the last tour, right? But um, coming back, like they're just selling out these massive stadiums and it's like a complete 180 from just a few short years ago when they were still were still touring so like it's just it's literally such a great time for those things you have the when we were young fest you have all these bands finally getting back together and it's it's awesome you know like um like still talking about yellow card we actually were trying to see if we could get them to play since they didn't have any like shows going on quite yet they would have been the perfect like 
opportunity, but yeah, they're super, super busy now, but. I know. That's what I, was, I got lucky. I caught them right before the jump. Like, I think I reached yeah. out to Josh about a year ago. It was probably fall last year and they had just played Riot Fest. So that was like their first and only thing in like a yeah. really long time. And so he was really sweet and super responsive. And I just reached out to people on Instagram. I just DM them like they either answer or they don't. And he answered and he was like, yeah, I've got time. Like, I'll talk to you. And even when I did his interview, I asked, I was like, oh, do you guys like have any new music? Do you think you'll tour again? And he's like, I don't think so. And then like two months later, it was like the Ocean Avenue anniversary. And I was like, oh my God. It's like, I just couldn't tell you. I was like, no, I, t I totally get it. And then when I saw them like two weeks ago, exactly. I have this clip on my Instagram too of Ryan Key being like, you guys, this is actually like the biggest sold out LA show we've ever played. Like, how was that even possible? It's like, we right. thought it was over. Like, it makes me happy for them. Like I could cry for it. Like we're bringing other people's dreams back to life. You know, the people who totally. gave us inspiration, it's like totally reciprocal. And I don't, I don't know any other genre of music that's like this. And I think that's why it's so special. Right. Cause like to my brain, and maybe it's just cause like I grew up when I was really young when this could have been happening, but from what I know in my brain, like, yeah, eighties rock is great, but did that ever really make like a resurgence? back into mainstream maybe, like, maybe dead. jazz is dead 80s hair metal is dead like they had their time they went away but like this is uh, this will go away again eventually too it's just it's just how right. life is but it came back and it's it's been years i think it's going to be years yet i think we're still at the beat like look at pierce the veil fuck oh, like their first yeah like the first album in six years like they're killing it and then ls dunes i'm seeing them tonight you guys know ls dunes but anthony and green's in there Frankie Arrow and Anthony Green. Oh, no way. That's sick. Yeah, I'll definitely check them out. I, I mean, Frankie Arrow was like growing up him, Tom DeLonge, and um, I wanted to, yeah, they were, they were like my guitar heroes. I tried to emulate everything from those two because the way they made like their riffs was just perfect to me. The split chords and the way Frank like came up with those, um, those leads and harmony parts. I really liked his style of playing. So I'll, I'll definitely check them out. I didn't, I never knew about them. That's They're fucking awesome. They just released their first album. It's not even a year old. I think it was like last October, November. And I, they've done just like really teeny, like they played at the Troubadour, but by the time I heard about it, it was like, it was gone. And then they were at like Pappy and Harriet's. I've missed them like two or three times. And so now I'm like, okay, the last show of their tour right now is tonight all the way out in Garden Grove. I'm like, I will drive an hour and 45 minutes. Like I'm not gonna, <laughs> but then they just announced with like, Pierce the Veil, they're going to be their opener for their for PTV's second tour. So keep an eye That's on great. them. <laughs> no, I, I love Pierce the Veil's new album too. It, it was very, it, it was so funny because I think everyone was expecting like it to be kind of like that, like you know the the MySpace kind of sound that they have, where like the mall screamo meets like the kind of pop punky vibes, you know. But they they totally came in with like a '90s kind of alt grunge sound. And oh, it, I love I, it. I'm obsessed. I loved it. I was like, yo, this is insane. So, you know, I think a lot of, I think too, with the, the Exposure World brand, um, another thing that I thrive to, and, and we all are on the same page, and this is why the four of us like work together so well, is because we love the past. Like, obviously, like we love the past and the past is so vital, but we also see a vision for a future. And bringing up like these newer artists that are that are rock stars in themselves and that can be the next biggest thing. 
And that's like the biggest thing that we're thriving to do is, you know, take both worlds and put them together so that there are modern artists that, you know, 20 years from now, people can be like, I remember when, you know, that album came out by that artist. And I remember when they did this and, you know, stuff like that. Right. Like, we're all talking like that right now, like, oh, Yellow Card and Metro Station and all this stuff. There needs to be more artists that, in like the modern age that come out and do that or else the scene won't survive and that's right like and that's that's been like tricky too at the same time because when we try to find newer acts they don't necessarily need to be like oh this is a pop punk act right yeah. but at the same time it gets difficult because making music and posting it on social media has become something that's very easy to do so when you right. remove some of these barriers of entries you just get a lot. So there's so much to sift through. Unfortunately, a lot of it is very, um, what I would say, manufactured or not really authentic. Like people aren't really about that scene. They're just kind of trying to do that to get some publicity and get their music right. going. So it's really hard sometimes to find those newer modern acts, but we're all about trying to find people that we feel are really good, like authentic representation of that. And it doesn't necessarily need to be pop punk or that style either so if it's anything that's kind of like in that rock vein if it's got a little bit of modern twist to it like maybe some 808s or even some like a little bit of rap influence in it we think that's really cool too you know so we're, it's yeah. just it gets kind of hard to try and find people that are like authentic artists every now and then especially you know in la you get a lot of that like you know i'm TikTok famous let me start a rock band and then it's just this collective of people who really aren't like about the music the more like i'm doing this for a job or i'm doing this because this guy like hired me sort of thing you know yeah. so that that's where it gets kind of difficult but outside of that i feel like we've done a pretty good job at finding people who aren't really like that so we're, we're looking to find genuine artists and, and promote them you know yeah and noting that i mean tiktok's been sort of a double-edged sword because yeah, right. i believe sort of the resurgence of all of this you know this sort of rock orientation i mean not only did as taylor was saying about the soundcloud era start of uh, sort of like jump starting it by uh paying a lot of homage to what was happening in the early 2000s but now TikTok has created viral hits from songs so long ago and mm -hmm. that can be such a crazy thing for artists or bands that basically disappeared i mean you look at like deftones didn't disappear but deftones have started to receive millions of streams bands like super heaven idol fight and super heaven like disappeared but now they're starting to get some traction because like platforms like TikTok and where you know people uh you know kind of meet at that level so with that it's a double-edged sword and um trying to find our way with our brand to, to kind of sift through that and, and to see what's really authentic that comes through from that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, that's, we talk about this all the time because, uh, when Dane and I moved out here, TikTok was just brand new. It was like super yeah. brand and it used to be kind of more like vine kind of meme culture. And I thought it was hilarious. And then, Dane and I were throwing these parties, like I said, and uh, we 
I remember this manager guy came to us and said, hey, is it cool if I bring these TikTokers that I manage? And I was like, TikTokers? What the heck? <laughs> and um, we, we let them into the parties. And a lot of them are still our friends to this day. But um, yeah, I think that the, the issue that I have with TikTok and just kind of where culture is right now is it's a it's a big me, me, me culture. And it's it's not like, hey, like, you know, with SoundCloud, I love SoundCloud because all these guys had collectives, you know, Lil Peep, Lil Tracy, Suicide Boys, Ghost Man, like you had all these people that like formed collectives and they all went and threw massive shows. And if you knew this artist, you knew all of his homies, you know, but now everyone's like, well, I don't need nobody. I can just blow up on TikTok. And that's why we're not seeing any top 100 billboard smashes like we did with the SoundCloud. The SoundCloud era, you had Lil Xan going in top 20. You had Lil Uzi, you had 21 Savage. You just had all these artists that were household names overnight because there was actual real traction. It wasn't 15 second little clip that people do a little dance to. You know, it was like a whole different, it was, an, it was a culture, it was a scene and people were backing it. And TikTok's cool and it's good for exposure and it's brought back a lot of these artists like Will was saying, like Deftones. But and it's brought up a lot of these other artists also, but we're still as a culture, we're lacking a scene and we're lacking just substance where it's like person to person interaction. And uh, that's a worth thriving more than anything to do is build a culture, build a scene, get kids to want to move out to L.A. to make it, not just sit behind their scene, their screen and do TikToks all day long. It's like, no, come out to L.A., play some shows get a band you know live the dream like live it work it like you know don't just sit behind your screen and then call it a day like i just hate that mentality and sure like it's like oh maybe i need to get with the times but are the times really working like no one's really really going to the next level like a couple years ago how everyone was actually getting top 100 billboard so and not to mention uh you know the labels who are in charge of technically what's mainstream yeah uh, are relying on these hit tiktok you know viral viral moments uh it's like written to the contract half the time like you can't release a song until you hit x metrics like even if you're someone yeah. big already which is fucking stupid let's be honest yeah terms and conditions for labels to bring on these viral hits it's just like they've changed because now they're you know labels and the people in charge of it are realizing oh like they're basically this independent viral artist we can't really control them but we can probably go half and half with them and we can figure something out but even then you know you get to a live show from these tiktok artists and it's hardly a show there's not much to it there's you know maybe not even a lot of people there um, yeah. I don't want to call out any names, but one of the most viral musicians had a show just recently here in LA and like, you know, millions of followers, but no crowd and no band. And it's just like, it's strange. And I think part of the Exposure World brand is again, cultivating that experience because it's, it's creating that space and that culture for all artists and bands to thrive in. Yeah. That's why I really wanted to talk to you guys too, because I'm trying to do the same thing from my from my book, but like network with people. And then I started to love this podcast because I'm not a musician, but I love it. And I'm a writer. And I'm like, well, this not only allows me to 
meet people and get stories and practice from that aspect. But I was also lacking community, right? I feel like that's kind of like, like the underlying theme. Like you said, you're just behind yeah. a screen and then you're gone. And even just from a fan standpoint, I'm like, I, I want to be more than just going to a show and then you go home and it's over. Like, that's part of why I will also shout out the hyperpunk guys. Like they did such a beautiful job of creating a community and it seems you're doing the same thing. And all, all right. of them recommended you guys to me, by the way. They're like, you should talk to the Exposure World guys. Well, so I was like, yeah. Honey, uh, Mike, uh, authors, him and I have been like, you know, in the trenches together. Since, He's like, a sweetheart. <laughs> of Mike, like my, uh, Dane and I met Mike. Oh, Mike. Yeah, emo Mike. We call him emo Mike, and uh, <laughs> we met him and and we clicked instantly. And um, we had this idea, like him and I, because they got too many noise complaints for music, and they had to basically be out of their place, and so. Uh, him and I were just like, you know, he's like, you know what, we, I need to get, I need to get a house. I need to get a big content house and need to do it. And so he went on a grind and just started looking at houses. I made some posts seeing who wanted to move in. Um, uh, Bentley came in, uh, same with Owen. And then, uh, Noah came oh, in. Oh yeah, Owen! Shout yeah. out all of them. They're all great. <laughs> they, they worked really hard. Like uh, we all found like some investors and, and they helped, you know, get them into the place. And, and then they've been tearing it up ever since. Like it was hard though, but they get it though. And, and, you know, just like these TikTokers have these content houses, you know, there isn't a rock content house where you can throw concerts and shit. Like they really put their, they put their like, like whole, like, living on the line by throwing these concerts and getting these noise complaints like it's it's constantly like, yeah constantly so respect to them that's why we, we're always collabing with them their first ever uh hyperpunk show was collaboration with exposure world back in our was it september or, or october yeah beginning of october october and uh euro trip our our band we played that first one with mike and um I can't remember. Uh, Owen played it too. So it's cool. That's awesome. Yep. I love, love to hear. And I love to see the, like you guys like are actually doing what you're, what you're aiming for. Like you're not only building a community with people you already know, but like you said, like the artists, both bigger and smaller in the LA scene and kind of online because it overlaps a lot. Right. Like you said, a lot yep. of people do live out here to begin with, but I know even just from a lot of the shows you guys have thrown with Grant Kemp, with TX2, you know, with Nathan James, like all, all these names, like I knew these people before they were on your list. And I was like, holy shit, like that's, that's great. Like that's legit for both yeah. of you. So I love to see it. And I'm yeah. always looking to speak with more authentic people. So you guys fit yeah. that. And just thank you. Thank you for being some of the rare authentic people in music in LA. There's not many, as you well know, oh, but no. when you find them, they're lifers. And I think that the, it's cool because people will like I've I've seen this like real meets real and we all kind of just come together, uh, and it's 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 really started happening. It starts it's starting to happen more than it has in a while because I do think people are starting to take the risk and move to LA, and that's what I've always loved. You know, it's like the whole like LA like oh yeah move to LA and make it. I love that story. Like who doesn't love that Me story? Too. I mean like. No one wants to be like, oh, yeah, I blew up behind my screen, like, doing TikToks. Like, no one wants to hear that. Like, yeah, I lived out in L.A. I was living, like, in my car and, like, whatever, you know what I mean? And then 
I started playing shows and met some guys, blew up. Now I live in a house in the hills and I'm doing world tours. That's like that's like the greatest story. That's like the come up story that that you know we need. Everyone wants that, you know. It's like um, Tommy the villain, who you guys know too, right? I oh yeah. It. I interviewed him too. Like his story was like it literally that. He's like, oh, I like had this crazy childhood. I won't ruin it. Like if anybody wants to go listen, that was one of my favorite interviews. I actually cried talking to him, but like telling me like his childhood and then living in a car, but never giving up drumming and like, you know, going through some shady people in bands, but he still the ultimate point was he just kept going. And now he is playing, he's played many huge fests and shows and like drummed for bands and is like it's my boy. He's an amazing drummer. He's, I say this about all of them, and I wouldn't say this if I didn't mean it, because, like, I don't sugarcoat, but, like, he's a sweetheart. Like, he's a good person. He's he's talented. He's passionate. And you can tell, like, those are the people. You have to have that combination. You might not be super talented, but if you have a little bit of it and you have, like, insane persistence and a great personality, you're probably still going to get pretty fucking far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to be dropping an interview of... I mean, probably by the time this comes out, Jagger Henry, we're dropping an interview. Oh, yeah. I follow him. Yeah, and we'll probably, yeah, we'll probably have two Exposure World TV blogs out by the end of that, too. And then, um, yeah, I think that's like, we're going to, Exposure World TV is going to go and vlog. There's a big concert coming up uh, on the 18th. And uh, Exposure World TV, Dane's probably going to be doing the hosting of that whole thing. Um, and it's going to be uh, Eurotrip, Jagger Henry, uh, Noah made this, guy named Sachi, and then uh, Grant Kemp. So it's going to be a big show at Bourbon Room. And uh, Exposure World TV is going to cover that whole thing. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. I'm going to link all of your, just your accounts and the websites where people can go and find information on the shows get tickets, keep up with Exposure World TV and just everything else you guys are doing out here in LA. So thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Anybody out here or wanting to come out here, fucking come. Go to Exposure yep. World. Then let's go. Thank yeah. you so much, Stephanie.